Uh, if you have your Bible with you, got your Bible apps, go ahead and open them up. Go to Joshua chapter 1. <laughs> Joshua chapter 1. If, you're, if you haven't been with us and you wonder why some people chuckle about going to Joshua chapter 1, it's because we're trying to wear that scripture out. <laughs> We've been in a series uh, over the last couple of months now. And the, 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 the sad part of this, everybody ready for the sad part? Everybody sigh. Oh, this might be the last part of this series. Moment of silence. <laughs> it's, been, it's been really good. that We're, we're going to end on a high note, uh, and then we're going to go into something, something brand spanking new next time, and uh, that's going to be exciting. Get ready for that. But we've been in this series called The You Factor, The You Factor. We've been basing it off this scripture in Joshua chapter 1, which reads this way in verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. In other words, I will not make my way prosperous or have good success unless I get on the other side of then. In other words, if I, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do with what God has said, then I don't end up successful or prosperous. So he has put this in our own control. He has put it in your hand as far as uh, uh, what happens in your life. Now, knowing what the Word of God will do for us, if handled correctly, we have taken time to focus on the condition of individuals' hearts. All right, this is, you know, taught throughout Scripture. Jesus taught us about these principles. Basically, because some individuals, they exist in a condition that repels God's success-producing words. It comes to them almost like and bounces off, right? And, and others who receive, they receive just short-term, and then it leaves them. And, and so we focus on the condition so that not only can God's success-producing word be received, it can also be maintained. And if it can be maintained, it will do what it was designed to do. I mean, it's just built into what he says. What comes out of God's mouth makes lives amazing. It does, okay? But not everyone will walk in uh, the success that God designed, that He wants for them. Uh, and part of that is because it really does take a commitment to this process. If this were snap my fingers and everything would just happen, we'd all be there. But it takes some commitment to how He designed this system to work. And so, you know, attending a service like this is definitely a step in the right direction, but there is no guarantee that if I attend church services that it's all going to sink in, be developed in me, that it's going to produce the success that God wills for my life. See, this is not magic. This is not some magic formula. This is real life application, okay? And so if I recognize that the receiving, retaining, and applying of God's Word takes some effort on my part, then I will start to look for barriers and remove them. 
I'll start to look for ways of thinking that are contrary to him and rid myself of them, even if it takes work, even if it feels like I was punched in the gut every now and then. Oh, you know, I'm going to say, hey, but I'm going to do whatever it takes so this word can be received, maintained, utilized, implemented in my life to the full. What happens sometimes if we don't watch ourselves is we gravitate towards the lowest common denominator of where we have always been. There's a comfort level if I get around people who are like me. Now, here's the problem. If, If I'm a bit worldly, I'm comfortable around worldly people. Even if I get saved, but my commitment level is kind of low, sometimes, you know, get around people like you guys who are going a little bit further. I mean, and and this church is full of people like that, have a hunger and a desire for more of God to go further, to experience more. If I get around that, but yet I, I have embraced this sense of worldliness, I'm uncomfortable there and I'm likely to, to separate myself. I don't have to, but we all run into those crossroads. Okay. I get around people who have a better prayer life. (laughs) who are, you know, who are more caught up with the things of the Lord than the things of the world. And I got to, this is uncomfortable. So, so watch out. Because what happens if we don't watch ourselves is we'll get away from that. And it's not helping us. It's hurting us. But we'll get away from it and find other people who are worldly like us. So we can maintain and never have our feathers ruffled. But if we stay long enough, what happens? It gets in. And all of a sudden, our comfort area is in the presence of God, and it is in experiencing his, his best. And, and so in this verse, again, we see that what he tells us to do is meditate on his word day and night. I want to share a little bit more along these lines and talk to you about meditation, all right? Why should we meditate? And obviously, I don't mean that in a weird way. I don't want everyone to sit in Indian style for the rest of the service and make strange sounds and get your hands in the air and, and, and that kind of stuff. But the word meditate, the Hebrew word means to ponder, makes sense. It, it was translated imagine. It was translated as, as mutter. In other words, it's coming out of my mouth kind of in a quiet way. I'm, I'm speaking it. Um, It even was translated to study or talk. If I'm going to meditate on God's Word, these are the type of things that are happening in me, all right? Uh, Over in the the New Testament, which was translated from Greek, that word means to revolve in the mind. So I'm taking something God has said, and I'm letting it revolve around in my mind. It's not just coming in and end of story, period. No, it keeps playing over and over and over again. If you would, uh, take a look with me over at the book of Romans. And if you'll take time to look, it'll be more helpful. Romans chapter 12. This is a great verse. We, we read it earlier in the series as a part of this message with a different point. But this brings us back to dealing with the mind, which is our meditation. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 reads, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect 
will of God. Now, now listen, we seek and desire this transformation. It's a good desire. I want transformation. Um, and, And let's look at how it comes about. But first of all, to transform. The English word means a change of the form or nature of a, of a thing or person into a completely different one by natural or supernatural means. So we're not talking about some minor alteration. We're talking about a major change here. All right, This transformation is a major change. Uh, the, the, the Greek word the English word come, translated from the Greek word, it, it is, it's the word metamorpho, all right? And that's where we get our, our English word metamorphosis. So that's the transformation that we're, that we're talking about here. And when I think of metamorphosis, I'm thinking about the caterpillar and the butterfly. How many know there's a pretty big difference? What? That came from that? No way. Goes from this little slimy, crawly creature. Some of you who are into bugs, you probably like that and stuff, but I don't really want to touch the caterpillar. Anybody with me, you don't want to touch the caterpillar? Okay. Uh, I think the caterpillar, ew, ew. And it's kind of dangerous being a caterpillar, right? I mean, you can get stepped on. <laughs> Your life could be short. But it goes through this process of transformation, and who could have ever imagined it? Who could have ever seen it coming? that that little crawly thing comes out with these wings that are amazing. One, that it can even grow wings, but two, that they're colorful. And now, you know, we see, hey, caterpillar, ooh, watch out, don't step on it. We see butterfly, and we, hey, look, butterfly, look at that butterfly. And we're pointing at the colors and the wings, how beautiful it is, right? I mean, such a difference, such an amazing transformation from caterpillar to butterfly. That is what this is talking about in our lives. In other words, we are transformed from that slimy, crawly creature into something beautiful that flies above the circumstances of life. But notice, this doesn't take place when you're saved. I was once a sinner, and I was a mess, and the Lord saved me, and I was transformed. Yes, you were in your spirit, but I can't see that. See, I can't look at the caterpillar and see the butterfly in there. It, it's in there, meaning the potential is there. And, and I can't look at a, 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 a person who just got saved and see an amazing picture of the life of Jesus, the life of God, success written all over them. I see, man, dude, you look the same as before you prayed that prayer. <laughs> you look, just like, you look just, like, just like the heathen you used to be. You say you're saved, but I'm not convinced. You know what I'm talking about? I can't see it. What do I need? What does that person need? Transformation, but not saved. So a person can be saved. They can be born again and not look like they are. Why? Because this transformation, is this word is written to Christians, to believers, to those who have already been born again, but they still look like caterpillars. And he said, you need the transformation that comes from renewing the mind. Until I think different, until I am able to get God's word implanted and established and firmly ingrained into my mentality, 
then the life of God that I received when I made Jesus my Lord and Savior will not show up in everyday life. I don't know about you. I'm glad I'm going to heaven. But at some point after the time I prayed till, you know, the time I leave this planet, I would like to look like a Christian. (laughs) I think that's a noble goal. (laughs) I would like to look like Jesus. In other words, I talk like him and act like him and love like him. And I have a, I'm powerful like him. You know, I represent heaven. I want that to be on the outward, not just on the inward. And if my salvation is not seen, if no one goes, hey, look, you're different, meaning wings and colors and stuff, then I need to do some mind renewal exercises until who I really am in Christ can come out of the cocoon and fly. Anybody like transformation? I tell you, this is, this is something that we need. Let me read a couple other verses to you now. You, you don't have to turn there. We'll put them up on the screen. What the scriptures say about meditation, all right? Psalm chapter 1, first three verses there read this way. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Notice the language, just like Joshua 1.8, all right? His law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf will not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper." Again, that's a desired result. I want to win in life. I want to succeed in all that I put my hand to. Where does that come from? Well, he prays and whatever he he does prospers. No, that's not what it said. The, The prosperity or the success that is the end result is directly tied to this person meditating on what God has said day and night. It produces that. We all want that. But are we willing to do the this that produces that? Everybody okay? See, these are contrasting activities. I'm going to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, I'm going to listen to what they say. I'm going to heed their advice. I'm going to listen to anyone and everyone to read anything I can get my hands on. I'm going to watch everything that pops up on the screen. I'm going to watch every video that someone else liked. Huh? I'm just going to feed on the counsel of the ungodly. I'm going to take that in. Or I'm going to take what God says and meditate on that day and night. See, I'm not doing both. I'm making a choice. I reject that thought. I embrace this thought. And if we don't do it on purpose, trust me, we are going to be worldly Christians. Going to heaven, thank you, Lord, but having very little impact while we're still here. Experiencing very little of this abundant life while we're here. There must be transformation, which comes right here. Everybody okay? So delighting in and meditating on God's Word is the solution for failure. It is. It repairs the heart. A few weeks ago, we talked about how people, there are immediate losers, and there are short-term losers, and there are mid-term losers. This is the solution to all that. If I will meditate long enough and keep it on my mind, I blow right through all the losing categories and end up in the winning category. And if this, listen, if this is true, if you disagree with this, give me a scripture. But 
we're reading this from the Word of God. If this is true, how come so few of us do this? How come so few of us give, give specific time and attention to pondering, mulling over, speaking out, revolving in our mind what God said? Said so we look at it and we go back to the way we thought before. We look at it and go back to the world. Go back to the world. We meditate on all kinds of stuff all day long without even calling it that, but it totally is. And then we'll glance at God's word and say, "I just need prayer, <laughs> dude. You need spirit of slap." Bam. <laughs> say that prayer is not going to fix your habit of thinking negatively. Man, you're meditating on negative stuff constantly, and God can't get through to you. Everybody okay? Psalm 63 and verse 6 reads, When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Get the picture of what that looks like. What are you thinking about at, at night on your bed? Sometimes people are worrying about the next day or the previous day, playing out all kinds of thoughts. But here's the, here the psalmist said, I remember him when I go to bed. And he's the last thing on my mind. Psalm 76, 77 and verse 6. I, I, I call to remembrance my song in the night. A good song is good to remember, by the way. Don't remember all the songs. I meditate within my heart and my spirit makes diligent search. So what happens is when we put our meditation on the right thing, we open our spirit up to amazing things from God. See, what I put my mind on, I open my heart up to. Yeah? If that's a negative thing, then I'm opening my life up to negative things coming in my life. But if I will meditate on God's word, I'm opening myself up. See, we, we say things like, God wants to do it, but he can't. God wants to do it, but it's not happening. What we meditate on, we open ourselves up to. He's not opening the door. I am. He's not forcing his way in. He's waiting for a gap. He's waiting for an opening. What is that going to take? I must intentionally take my mind and put it on something that he said. And now he goes to work. This is so powerful. This is so amazing. What I put my mind on. Let me share with you a little bit about, about meditation. How to meditate. Now, again, don't think of this in a weird way. I know these practices are used by many people around the world and different religious groups, and not all of it is godly or right, but the principle there is. There's a reason why it is embraced by people who don't even have a relationship with God. It has a profound effect upon a person's life when they set their mind on something. But in our context, okay, we are not talking about, you know, sitting Indian style or <laughs> that kind of stuff. We're not talking about emptying our minds and just opening up to the universe or something. Uh, we're not talking about yoga or, <laughs> uh, or, or some kind of mystical practice. What, what are we ta we're talking about not emptying our minds, but filling our minds. Okay. See, there's a misnomer with some that, that says, I need to, I've got these, these emotions, I've got these fears or angers, I need to get them out. You know, some, some have been taught, they believe that once you let it, once you say it, once you express it, once you release your whatever it is negative, then you're going to be free from it. 
What you did when you expressed it is you reinforced it. What you did when you acted on it and you let it out, I just got to express this. Now it took a deeper root in your heart. There are many thoughts that come to our mind that should never escape our lips, ever. What we're talking about is, is, is not that, but it is replacing or displacing wrong thoughts with right thoughts. Displacing worldly, ungodly thinking with righteous, holy, godly thoughts. And that works for every one of us. Yeah. You stay with it long enough before you know it, that's all that's left. And I never even expressed myself. I never even vented. I just need a vent. <laughs> Watch out. Watch out, because your vent comes right back in. And so, uh, you know, I know sometimes people say, how can I meditate on God's Word day and night? But do it just like you worry about stuff day and night. <laughs> how can I do that? Just like you do that. Come on now, we've all been there. We've all done that. We had stuff going on, and that's all we could think about. Ah, oh, woke up in the morning, and there it was. You know, went through the day. Every time we got a break, boom, there it was again. That problem, that issue, that concern. And we were, what's that called? It's called meditation. That's meditating on that problem, on the negative. We know how to do it. We know how to do this. But if we could replace that with God's, script, with God's word, with scriptures, with promises from him, it'll make all the difference in the world. Amen. And so very practical now. How, how can we do this? And I, would, I want to encourage you to do this, by the way. This is, this is uh, let's do this Sunday, okay? Officially on the calendar. Um, number one, number one, this is, this, is, this is how we can do this. Number one, print out scriptures you want to focus on, all right? Now, of course, you can just read them right from the Bible and scroll around and flip through. I found this very helpful. If there is a subject that I need to give attention to, I have a deficit in my life, I'm struggling in an area, or just something, man, I need to get this. Even if I know it in my mind, but it's not applicable, it's not in practice in my life. See, that's one of the ways I identify what, what I need. Is it working for me? Yeah? Remember Jesus said, John eight thirty two, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free? Remember, how do I know if I know the truth? If I'm free. If I'm not free in an area, I don't know the truth in that area. If I have bondage in any area, that is a revelation of what I need. If I'm depressed, if I'm broke, if I'm sick, if I'm a mean person, uh, whatever, if I'm hopeless, I'm, whatever, whatever I, I recognize is a deficit, that reveals to me what I need. I need truth in that area. Okay, So I'm going to write down scriptures. And nowadays, it's so easy with the computer, cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste, and print it out. And you have a list of scriptures on this subject or this subject or this subject, and you can take that and now and meditate on it. Everybody with me? Okay, this is not theory land here. This is real life. Do this. I really want to urge you to do this. Do this. Say, when should I start? Maybe today. You, you busy this afternoon? What do you got going on? Do this today. And then start today. Okay, number two is designate a time to meditate on it. Okay, a time or times a. Meaning, if a person were to go to a doctor and they had a condition and he prescribed, he or she prescribed a medicine to deal with that condition, sometimes 
Uh, I believe they will tell you, take this an hour before you eat or after or, or with a meal or something like that. And they'll say, you need to take this one three times a day for the next two weeks. And that will clear up your condition, right? Am I right? That's how, how that works sometimes. Okay. Usually, if, if that was the prescription, most people would follow that. They would say, well, I'm going to do it the way it's supposed to work. Otherwise, I won't even know if it worked. Man, that's, I almost want to preach right there. <laughs> that is a whole message of people who listen and they try it a little bit. And you don't even know if the stinking medicine worked because you didn't do it as they prescribed. And we do that with God's Word. You didn't even do it all the way. Well, I tried that. No, you didn't. You did it a little bit. You took one pill. There was a whole bottle there. You got to take the whole thing. All right. So number two, designate time to take your medicine. In other words, is it before breakfast? Is it at noon? Is it in the evening? Is it before bed? Is it all the above? Sometimes it might be 10 minutes. And you say, I'm going to take 10 minutes. I'm going to uh, designate this my time. And maybe it's longer than that, but I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take my medicine. I'm going to ponder, mutter, speak about, study, revolve in my mind God's Word on this subject. Right? Amen. Does it work after a day? It works immediately. You might not be able to tell the difference after a day. But it goes to work immediately. Number three is remove distractions. So I've got my time, and this is when the phone goes off. This is when the email closes, the computer closes, or turns off. This is, this is when people leave you alone. This is when you can get away, when no one else is there. Why? Because it really is about focus. It, it, this is a mental activity. It is opening our spirit up to something. It is a mental activity. I need to remove the distractions because I have to Think about God's thoughts. All right? And then number four, number four, the last of this, is to use your mouth. Use your mouth. That was part of the definition, but I would encourage you, take your scriptures, not only think about them, but say them out loud. Speak them out, say them loud, say them quiet, say them bold, you know. uh, But speak, use your mouth. Your mind will stop. Pay attention to what your mouth has to say. And so use it in your favor. Just like people express their worries and fears and they can't wait to tell what's going wrong. (laughs) When you meditate on God's Word, it needs to be expressed through your mouth. So let me illustrate this uh, with a couple examples. All right? Uh, And you can do this with any subject. Put in the effort. Put in in the, the time it takes to get this down. But it works with any subject. So I've taken a couple. I'll I'll start with the, the subject of healing. I, I do this myself, and I would encourage you to do it, especially if you've got problems in your body, all right? You take a verse, and you meditate on it. I, I, I've, I've written down three here. Let's, I'll, I'll show those to you, and, and we'll do one of them together, and I'll show you how, how you can do this yourself. Sometimes I'll alter the verse a little bit, meaning I will put myself into it. Instead of just you or we, I'll say I, okay? Or I'll take the part of the verse, not to, you know, to change its meaning, but I'll take the part of the verse that deals with my current situation and what I need to build up in my heart, all right? And so when it comes to healing, I'll take verses like Matthew 8, 17, 
And I'll, I'll read it. He, he took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. That's talking about Jesus on the cross as my substitute. Let, let's do this together. Let's read this. And each time we read it, we'll emphasize the next word. All right? So the first time we read it, he is real loud, and, and then the rest of it. Okay? Here we go. Are you ready? Read it, read it out loud with me. He took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. And you think about it. Come on. Ready? He took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. 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 Come on now. Anybody getting excited yet? He took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. He took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Hallelujah. Now, now consider doing that for five minutes, for ten minutes. Just one verse there. And mulling it over and saying it again. Believing it as you say it. Inviting the Lord. Opening up your heart for the Lord to show you what it, what it means and how it works. And as you're saying it, it's working in you. And what's happening? Your mental brain waves, your, your neuro, neurological pathways are being altered to think his thoughts. Yeah. Here's a couple others uh, along those lines. Psalm 103, verse 3. He forgave all my iniquities and healed all my diseases. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes I was healed. And though that's just a small sample. But I tell you, one, word, one verse will change your, change your life. <laughs> but you, 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 you can meditate on these things. See, one thing we run into is we have a problem of sickness in our body, and we think that is the full explanation or scope of what's wrong. It's not. What's worse than that is sickness in the mind. What I mean by that, I'm not talking about a mental disorder in this, in this situation. I'm talking about I have disease on the brain. I have sickness on the brain. I expect it. I embrace it. I identify as it. It consumes my life. I just think that way. Amen. Amen. See, some people even in the, in the medical field have caught on to some of these things. But I'm telling you, the, the foundation of this is in the Scriptures, and it's more difficult to get a person healed if they think wrong about it. But if we could meditate God's Word, oh, and let that infuse our thinking, the rest is easy. Psh, nothing to it. What about direction? I said, I need direction. I've got decisions to make. I don't know where to go. I don't know. Do I take this job or that job? Do I buy this house? Do I marry this person? What do I do? I need help from God. I need direction. There are verses on that. Amen. See, I don't know. That's not really a verse. <laughs> Confusion. That's not a promise. 
I mean, it exists, but that's not a promise from God. So I want to alter the way I think, renew my mind, so my wings start coming out. I've been this little confused caterpillar for too long, not knowing where to go. But I, I found a promise from God, and I started thinking about it day and night. And whoop, whoop, <laughs> all of a sudden, my, and now you look saved. Now you have, you, there's a confidence about you you didn't have before. Man, it's beautiful to see you live as a real child of God. And if the church will be the church and stand up and be who they're really called to be, I tell you, we affect the world without hardly trying. It's desirable to look like the butterfly. People don't really want to look like the caterpillar. And if enough of us start shining and flying... Direction. Psalm 37, verse 23. My steps are ordered of the Lord. I delight in his way. So say it out loud. We won't take all the time. Say it out loud. My steps are ordered by the Lord. I delight in his way. See, that's good thinking right there. That's God thinking. John 10, uh, 3 and 4. Say it out loud. I hear his voice, and he calls me by name and leads me out. I follow him. For I know his voice. Hallelujah. Not, not, I can't hear from God. I just can't seem to know what he's saying. Stop it. Quit it. Meditate on this. I hear his voice. I am his sheep, which you read in that passage. I'm his she- I'm a sheep. He's my shepherd. I know his voice. I follow him out. Amen. Romans 8, 14. Read it with me. I am led by the Spirit of God, for I am a son of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we say. I wake up, wake up in the morning, it's going to be a good day. Why? Why? Why is it going to be good today? Because he leads me. Amen. He leads me. I am led by the Spirit. I am his very own child. I'm a part of the family. He guides me every step of the way. See, do we want to wake up thinking that? Or do we want to ponder and meditate all through the day? I hope I don't make any bad decisions today. I hope I don't turn the wrong way and a drunk driver hits me. I I, I hope I don't get on the plane that crashes. I I, I hope I don't. You know, just life is a roll of the dice, the flip of a coin. No, it can be more certain than that. We can have more confidence. We can have more surety by meditating on God's written word. See, here's the problem here. Could a person be deaf in their mind? Meaning their inability to hear God's voice and follow the leading of His Spirit is not reality, but they have a mental condition, if you will, that says, I can't hear from God. I'm just too dull, or whatever it might be. That's what we get repaired. And as soon as that's repaired, the barrier is removed. Wow, Lord, you're leading me now. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to recognize when you're saying yes or no and, and don't do this and do this, I'm being led of the Spirit. See, He was transmitting the whole time. We were just on the wrong frequency. We renew our minds to get these things straight. I grew up around cows, as you know. Maybe you don't know. Uh, now you do. One of the things you notice if you're around cows is... Uh, the cows, after they eat, are out there hanging out in the corral or the pasture or whatever, and uh, you'll see them laying down out there chewing bubble gum, it looks like. <laughs> They're out there, and their mouth is gone. 
And you think, did they bring a snack? You know, what, what are they doing? How many understand the cow is chewing its cud, as it's called? That's because the cow does not digest food like we do. And thank you, Lord, that we don't do it this way. <laughs> it's extremely gross. But they have four stomachs, right? So they eat the hay, and they eat the grains, and, 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 and they swallow it, and it goes into their stomach, but it's not done. It's not fully digested yet. It's got to come up again, and so they chew on it some more. And then it goes into the next stomach, and then it comes back up, and they chew on it some more. Aren't you glad you're not a cow? <laughs> See, but this process is necessary in order for that food to be fully utilized, in, you know, digested, put into their system, so that at the end of it, they can make ice cream. <laughs> but if, if they don't go through the process, what? No ice cream. And I'm telling you, for the believer who does not go through the process of receiving, it goes in, and then later in the day it comes out, you think about it again, you say it, you talk about it, you ponder it, revolve it in your mind, it goes back in. And then later something pokes you in, in your life, boop, and it comes back up again. Oh, there's, that's what the Lord would do. This is what the, He said. This is His promise to me. You ponder it. You say it. You revolve it around in your mind. You speak it out loud. And, and it goes up and down. And then eventually it stays. Now's when the sweet stuff comes. Now's when life gets better. Now's when the wings start coming out and you start to soar. Everybody with me today? But there must be a receiving and a digesting, a, a pondering again and again and again until it stays, until it becomes a part of who we are. Now, I'm saved if I don't do this because I, I made Jesus my Lord and Savior, but I'm not transformed until I do this. I'm not transformed. Say, well, I've been coming to church. Good for you. That's a part of the process. I mean, you took a bite of hay. My point is, is it doesn't stop there. It takes more effort than that. It takes an implementation of this. And if we will give attention to it, I tell you, we'll see the Word of God manifest in our lives at such a greater level than we ever have before. Amen. Amen. Can I encourage you? Uh, I have already. Can I urge you one more time? Do this. I'm not saying do it for the rest of your life. That's totally up to you. I mean, it's a good thing. Do it for a week. Seriously, make an make appointment on your calendar if you do that. Meditation time. It's time with the Lord. It's time thinking about what He has said. Literally, we could be, be here all afternoon reading scriptures about this and promises and, and directives. And yet too often, we just kind of don't do anything with that. It'll change our lives forever. Isaiah 26, verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I like the idea of perfect peace. What, what say you? Whose mind is stayed on you. Amen.